on the timeline and right into your ears. I'm Bell. I'm Kyle. And I'm apparently unable to push a button. <laughs> and this is Legends <laughs> TV Talk. Gentlemen, how are you this fine um, as we record this Sunday afternoon? Yes, I am it wonderful. Is... I interrupted you. No, it's okay. It is 54 degrees outside in Wisconsin, so it is really? fantastic. It is wow. literally like 24 degrees in New York, and I hate <laughs> Wisconsin. Oh, man, you guys are about to hate me. Shut yeah, up, it's dude. 74, isn't Ooh, it? Um, 76 degrees right now, sunny oh, in Austin, right. Texas. Yes, and they lead the big parade. Ah, there you go. That's ah, see? Yeah. I was, I was going to say it, but I didn't know if anyone else would have gotten it. I, I don't the care what? if they get it. It amuses me. No, nope, Bell what, doesn't get it. What? We, 76 we, strong <laughs> bones. They led the big led parade. Led the big parade. With Is 110 that? strong, with 110... I can't remember. Uh, you know so what? Much. You need it's to become cultured, Mr. Bell. So oh, why, why don't you to look up 76 trombones, and then you have to watch the movie that it's a part of, and then you are to give us a book report about it next week. <laughs> uh, on Music Man TV Talk. Um, yes. I'm, oh, there he is. Now, see, he's in. Well, that's because Kyle said it. I, uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Stella Artois. And, oh, and Blue Stella Moon Artois. Mango Skunk Tweet. <laughs> and... And I did have some brisk, but I drank it already. Okay, well, you know. But now I have water. Actually, this episode is not brought to you by anything except for Hashtag scooters, and why are they everywhere? Mm-hmm. And uh, in 1997. I know, right? That's going to like disrupt the timeline. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. There there were scooters, because I, I had a scooter, but I don't remember. They were like, like razors. They weren't. Yeah, yeah they yeah, were like. And these were electric scooters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? Anyway. We'll get into that. Speaking of uh, anachronistic, hey, say that word ten times fast, Kyle. Anachronism, oh, he anachronism, can't say anachronism, it. anachronism, anachronism, anachronism. <laughs> <Yeah>. Now <laughs> we're going back to season three. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> well, I think it's time for a history lesson. And now, gentle listener, it is time for a history lesson on Legends TV Talk. All right, season five, episode five, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> <laughs> this one was uh, directed by Katie Lotz, actually, who I guess that's why she wasn't in the episode at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My wife looks over at me because she's in the studio. She says, what the actual? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> edit that out i don't know it's up to you andy Give yeah that. it's it's your call if, if it blows and it works it's funny let's do it and uh, this one was written by grian godfrey and mark bruner and uh kyle why don't you tell us what happened this episode gladly with sarah still away from the wave rider the legends find a new encore with ava's new invention the procrastinator is that the right word prognosticator prognosticator darn these words we're back <laughs> I <laughs> must now try to defeat Genghis Khan in 1990s Hong Kong. Constantine's life is hanging in the balance, and Ray, Nora, and Gary all try to help him, but Constantine tries to make a deal with Astra instead. Meanwhile, Bayrod has been confused about Charlie's recent behavior, but they all learn why Charlie is trying to outrun her past, and from what. <laughs> all right. I need an umbrella. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of a, a interesting stuff, I guess. Little factoids. I don't know. Prognosticator means a person who foretells or prophesies a future event. Pretty pretty applicable there for right. uh, for Gideon. For the, yeah, for, for for well, it's it's not Gideon. This is a new thing. This is this is Ava and Gideon's little creation that they made to like 
you know, predict when uh, anachronisms will come out. But it was it was mentioned for two seconds and then completely overshadowed <laughs> by uh, Scooty. Sco- oh, what was the Scooty name? Scooty McScoots. Was it Scooty McScoots? Not Scooty McScooter. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, Scooty McScoot stole all the thunder from the prognosticator, and like this is this is I don't know, man. This is like and they they just came in like yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I got a scooter, <laughs> scoot. <laughs> like like when it, when is that cool? I don't know. Like I, I've yet to see somebody except for like the the, the kids on razors, like at, at, at skate parks, actually doing like mm-hmm. you know backflips and things like that, and doing uh, um, things that would literally kill me if I even dare attempt them. Um, <laughs> That's the only time you ever look cool on it, and, and, and even still, you look way cooler on a skateboard doing tricks than you do on a scooter doing tricks. Just yeah. gonna say that. Uh, so yeah, not sure, um, not sure where that came from. The, you know, the the coolness angle, because I personally hate them. I don't know about you guys. Um, they're all over Austin, Texas, and uh, I, people are just idiots. Yes, I'm, Will. I'm 46. I missed the whole scooter thing. I was there for the skateboards, and then scooters came out, and they look like skateboards with handles. Which made me think, like you little pussy children, that you can't <laughs> just go hands free. What? You need well, no it's, handlebars. If you if you remember our history, this is this is a show about history after all. Right. Um, the skateboard was invented in 1955 by uh, Marty McFly after he yes. ripped the box off of a scooter. A scooter, right? So and yeah, we've so gone backwards. Full circle. Full circle <laughs> yeah. here. Um, yeah. So and and yes, I hate them. Uh, I mean, you know, I've never used one before to get around downtown, but every time I've had the opportunity to do so. I, I want to pay money I just to walked. see that. Actually, well, it's one of those things where it's like most of the people who use them in Austin are just hammered, or, or they're or they're oblivious. <laughs> they can't get they can't get licenses anymore. Dude. Every Uber driver, yeah, like because uh, I, I live in Maynor. Or I, I technically live right outside of Austin, right outside of Maynor, on the on the east side of town. And like every time I get an Uber downtown for whatever reason, which which usually is is pretty infrequently. Every single Uber driver talks about how uh, they hate the scooters because they have almost killed somebody or someone has cut across an intersection at a red light or done all sorts of other crazy stuff. And I find it hilarious that uh, that Sarah at the end is like, what's the deal with all these scooters? They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to say that 95, 97, uh, that's when the like the Razor came out, yeah. right? It was it was around I there. I, I know I, I had one. I think so, because 97, like I was just out of college. I thought that was an early 2000s thing. I mean, maybe it was. I, no, I, I, I could, I could tell you it was definitely mid to late '90s. Let's see here. Uh, actually, let's see here. The launch of the Razor, the first Razor scooter, was in 2000. 2000, okay. yes. That, so they are I, messing up. the So timeline. they've become their own anachronism. They have. They have anachronized this. Yes. Weird. Kyle. Man. What if they become Kyle? Maybe. Anachronisms. <laughs> <it>. Hey. <laughs> Um, if you don't know that inside joke, go listen to season two of Legends TV Talk. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, they're, we're, we're kind of disregarding timelines as it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not, not really important anymore in this show, which is fun. But um, <laughs> the, the beginning of this episode is really fun. We find out that Genghis Khan is the... Um, uh, is the Encore. Encore, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and that led to... Basically, one of the greatest homages to John Woo that I think I've ever seen. This whole mm-hmm. thing was, yeah. The, yeah, like, the whole episode was Hong Kong John Woo action movies. I was it, like, I, was, I didn't realize right that Katie Lotz directed it. it. Huh? Yeah. That like Katie Lotz directed yes. this episode. So she must be like a huge John Woo fan. Like, Well, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, I, they each have two guns. Oh, John Woo. 
Oh, well, I, I, I knew immediately. The, the dove flying the dove. behind. As soon I'm as like, they <laughs> intro Genghis Khan and the dove flew by, I was like, this is a John Woo homage, and yeah, I'm I all did, for it, 100%. I did not get that. I thought it, I thought it had something to do with Genghis Khan and doves, because, I, I mean, I don't know much about Genghis Khan, but now that she's saying it's all John Woo, makes sense because of Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> not yeah. only Mission Impossible 2, also Face Off, the, 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 um, the opening scene of Face Off was great. The, the, yes. the one thing that I was disappointed about this was usually in John Woo uh, films, the gunplay is extremely accurate. Where, like, you know, if you have like right. a, a Beretta 92FS that has 15 round magazine, you can have one in the chamber. Uh, they will shoot 16 shots and then they will reload and they will make it a point to show you every. Or, or like uh, in uh, in Face Off, uh, 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 Pollock's Troy or Cast. Castor Troy had uh, a 1911, which holds uh, uh, seven rounds in the magazine, one in the chamber, right. and it shoots eight rounds. And it shows that he's empty, right? And so, and they, and they and they make points of that, like which I think is really really cool. John Woo really pays attention to that kind of stuff. Um, Katie Lots not so much, but you know, I, <laughs> well, I, I everything don't, else don't, about it, everything else about it was spot on as far as John Woo goes. I wouldn't I wouldn't dock her any points for having anything with gunplay with like that. I'd say it's maybe more. They did make reference to their pistols being empty, which is which is yes. something that, that you don't see a lot, right? Like. I'm out. Uh, Yep. Yeah, I'm out. Like so, so there, there are two instances with the, with the female cop and with mm-hmm. the Ava where we had that, which was great. Um, uh, but yeah, just lots of lots of guns at Kimbo, which is another movie that I want to see. By the way, just to kind of sidetrack that. Um, but yeah, like very John Woo, loved it very much. Uh, well, but the jumping go- sideways, guns blazing, is, <laughs> yes. it's, that's his shot. And then there's a dove behind it. Not that they did that this time, but yeah. So so let's let's just first off before we like dive into the rest of this episode, I just wanted to, to just wax poetic about John Woo right quick. Uh, what is like uh, overall impressions on this episode? Uh, Will let me have them. Well, first of all, here's Nate. I have a scooter. Then there's Ray. I'm a good boy. Here's John Constantine. I hate everybody, but now I'm alive. Um, how many impressions more do you want? I don't know. Um, 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 I'm sorry. I don't do impressions. I didn't, I didn't I feel pick that up at first until you, until you said the word impression. Then I realized, oh, that was my fault. <laughs> I, I had that coming. But you yeah. know what? Your turn is over, Kyle. <laughs> I, I liked this episode for what it was. Um, I, I, I liked Katie's like direction with it. Uh, and I liked that it was more. It kind of felt more of a Constantine um, driven story this time around. Other you know than... she's not going to date you, right? <laughs> Hope she sees this, bro. Yeah, I think Katie's an amazing director. <laughs> Can we go to prom with you? <laughs> Sorry, you're ruining my hopes and dreams. <laughs> That's what I do. I I crush dreams. Yeah, the dream crusher. Um, and then the whole the, everything with Charlie seemed like very forced, but it was all. Because all character, I, I get that, but I was just like, "Hey, I need to be important again." Here's why. It was yeah. a stere- to me. It was a stereotypical standard, and Kyle and I talked about this before we went on the air. It was a standard Legends of Tomorrow transition episode halfway through their run, mm-hmm. um, where they tell it like kind of a story for the first part, which they had to deal with crisis and they had to deal the fallout of that. Okay, fine. And we yes, we had encores. We introduced encores, and we introduced that there's something with Nora. But they didn't spend a lot of time on it. It was all just kind of hodgy-podgy, not really moving the story along. Now we're at episode six, and they're like, okay, now we have to get to the story because we only have four more episodes. So it's the standard transition. We need to deal with, you know, Charlie being a fate. We need to deal with Constantine going after Astrid's mother. Like, it's the setup episode. So Mm -hmm. do I like it? Sure. 
but the parts I liked about it had to do with the fact that they were, you know, the minute they started spoofing John Woo or homaging John Woo, I was like, okay, I'm in because I dig John yeah. Woo. I liked everything he's done except, oh no, the Hulk was angly, totally different. Yeah. Wow, I sound like a jerk. Anyway, <laughs> I loved. I, Angley's I, Hulk was incredible, and you are a silly person. What's no, wrong? there isn't anybody who thinks Angley's Hulk. Is <laughs> Look, I did a rose-colored Hulk. retrospective on Angley's Hulk, and so that's forever changed my impression of the film. Um, my impression I, of the film is this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I, no, do, I, I do think that they, the you know, it's a standard episode. We'll see how things go, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was not as good as it's nothing's going to beat episode four with slashers. I think at this point, that's going to yeah. be the highlight of the yeah. season. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, and I agree with you. Like, it, it did feel like a transition episode. It did feel like we're trying to move the plot forward a lot. And uh, I, 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 I really did enjoy the episode, especially the John Woo homages and things like that. Um, it did feel like it was moving forward pretty quickly, especially with the fact that they shoehorned a relationship with Charlie and Bayrod in. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't. That a- came and after, completely and after out of nowhere. And they did. yeah, after Hey World, when it was never mentioned prior to this episode, that's just kind of I weird. Know. And they're saying that I read some articles this week. They're trying to say that that's a post-crisis change, which the same as her being a fate is a post-crisis change. Like the oh, world I... changed, and boom. Okay, you know what? Crisis buys you that. Okay, crisis sure. does buy you that. Mm-hmm. You get to do a little bit of retconning. So if that's what you need to do, and. That's what you should have done when you introduced Bayrod in the first place. Bayrod comes in and he has no like connections with any of the other legends on any real level. So, and I think maybe they're sitting around the writers' room for episode four or five, going, "Hey, we're having more fun with Zari because Zari has all these you know relationships with everybody, and Bayrod is supposed to be somebody who's been there for a year." Oh crap! Well, but, we never even built a relationship for him. And I mean, technically I mean. though, technically, I mean, there there has been a year's worth of. Uh, or two years, however long Zari's been on the show. Right. Yeah, there's, there's been, been two years of relationships there. We just as an audience have never seen it because mm-hmm. it was instantly replaced. With um, right. with, yeah, when, when, when Bear I came over, uh, when Zari kind of removed herself from the timeline. So, um, yeah, and, and, but, I, but I do agree. It was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we got we to gotta stick something in there. And, and if it was a post-crisis change, that's kind of another thing I wanted to talk about right quick. Um, Christ, so, so Charlie knew about the multiverse. They all seem to understand the multiverse. Mm-hmm. She knew that everything had been squished down into one universe. Um, I was under the impression that the only people that knew that were the people who were Martian Manhunted, um, the, and, the, the Paragons themselves, and Grodd, Gorilla Grodd, if you watch the most recent Flash episode. Those are the I only thought everybody ones... knew about the multiverse because of Supergirl and the crossovers. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they knew the multiverse at one point existed, and now she knows but, that the multiverse... Like What she says in the episode is... Now that the multiverse doesn't exist, it's all on Earth. But post-crisis, no one knew about the multiverse except for Paragons and people who were Martian Manhunted. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Their, 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 whole, their whole history and past right, was you're rewritten, right, you're right. right? Yeah, right. So, so my question to you guys is, like, where do you think she gained this knowledge? Well, I'm going to say she got Martians. Yeah. Do you do, okay, so, so either, either she's a god or she got Martian, basically? Mm-hmm. They probably that did Cisco Tech. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, we never saw it, but then again, there's a lot of things we didn't see. So, um, uh, well, the I aftermath... could see, I could see Sarah being like, "Listen, you've got to Martian my whole crew because I've lost Ollie. I know how Ollie was lost. The rest of them aren't going to know it, you know. And yeah. you know, if I want my support system, I'm going to need them to know. Like, I could mm-hmm. see that. I could head cannon that very easily. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's again, it's a standard Legends pull. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, the the Crisis crossover event was amazing. It was spectacular, but I think the fallout from Crisis has been handled a little, a little less, uh, less well. <laughs> well, it's it's like they had their hands on the wheel pre-Crisis. And they had their hands on the wheel at the beginning of the season for Crisis. You know, like everybody was talking and everybody's like, okay, we're going to play in this box here that you're putting for us so that Crisis comes off right. But now that we're done with Crisis, everybody's like, no, 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 I want to be my boss again. So yeah. screw you. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened with DC after Crisis if you were alive in 85. <laughs> <laughs> That's really kind of what happened. Look at Hawkman. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair game. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It, it's it's kind of interesting. I, I'm assuming that it's some sort of, you know, whatever hand-wavy thing you need to do to uh, to explain that, and that's fine. Uh, it, just, it just kind of became a surprise to me because I didn't think anybody was aware of that, that we haven't seen the Manhunter or just be a, um, uh, who's already a Paragon, aside from yeah. Grodd, but like Grodd's hyper-intelligence. Like there's, we talk about that on, on, on uh, Flash TV Talk this week, um, if you're interested in the discussion on that. Which you probably aren't because you're listening to Legends TV talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Maybe you are. Uh, it's, it's... Here's here's my thing I wanted more out of the episode was... Jumping sideways and shooting? Fighting. Oh. Fighting. Because yes. the title, I mean, it, it is a play on Mortal Kombat. I would yeah. have still liked to see more fighting other than gunplay or... That's it, actually, because it was only gunplay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I think you have to have the gunplay. I mean, maybe doing the John Woo you, episode with the Mortal Kombat. I mean, the only Mortal Kombat thing was the title. Everything else yeah. was far more of Japanese cinema of the 90s and, mm-hmm. you know, early 2000s. Like, it just, you know, it was far more relatable to that. But I think they just wanted to do the the pun of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You know, um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more fighting. I would have liked to have seen a little more gunplay and jump, you know. I think they should have had dubs in every scene. Like, yeah, no, I, I do. I do agree with that. Like, I, I, I like the fact. Like, I immediately thought, "Oh, this is going to be great." There's going to be, uh, it's going to be subtitles, uh, um, and they're going to speak, you know, in Mandarin or something like that. And then it was just the one word, and then they went yeah. over to the thing. And, and um, but I, I was also happy that it wasn't too terribly like culturally insensitive as far as Genghis Khan yeah. is concerned, because a lot of representations you have of Genghis Khan and like the the Mongol hordes and things like that are just like not really historically accurate <laughs> by any means and sort of portray the, the Mongol people in, in a very negative light. Um, but they did, they didn't go that route this time. He, he was not like this. He, he, uh, he seemed more like an intelligent kind of person. Like he was, I mean, granted he was, you know, a warlord and, and we're not saying that this dude was like, you know, all peaches and roses or anything like that. But, uh, you know, a lot of times the, uh, the representation there of, of like, when you talk about Genghis Khan, it's just like really weird and off. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I thought that pretty did a pretty decent job with that. I thought it was kind of cool seeing him in '97, trying to take over the world on scooters uh, <laughs> and but, an electric scooter. Electric scooters weren't invented yet. <laughs> well, but see that one, that one, because so so I, I I noticed this. I paid close attention. I don't know why, um, but so you know Nate lost uh, Scooty McScoots um, at the beginning, right? And so mm-hmm. Genghis, I think, took that and had his uh, the engineer guy make uh, a couple make of them more. or whatever. But some of the ones that they were doing tricks over the cop cars on when they were coming down were the street electric. were not electric. Those are regular scooters. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'll and give those them. had guns. 
attached yes. to Yes. Which I thought was great. There is no yeah. way they could have done that. Oh, there's like because tech, they, there's like they tech could or something. Yeah, they, I, mean, I, I, mean, I could see that. But they that's a John Woo thing, too, is like a, a MacGuffin of technology that, you know, think about it. We're talking, you know, what his, one of his most famous movies involves taking your face. No more drugs for this man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, 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 that again, I could get behind that. That part I could check out because I like John Woo. And, and like I said, the technology and all that, he's, he'll play with it. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it just, it was, it was okay. It wasn't anything I, you know, I would probably skip this episode if I was rewatching the season. I'd be like, eh. I don't know. I, I just I, I like I would probably watch the beginning part of it. Um, well, yeah, just, for the woo thing, just for the woo stuff. But I, I would watch it for the Constantine stuff because I think that's where really the story. Really yeah, you love Constantine. I yeah. I like Constantine too. It's it was kind of weird though because you know when you have an episode that is half John Woo homage film and half something else, right? It's 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 kind of weird, and so like I almost feel as if when they do these sort of homage ones that we, we, the, the side story should be a little less emphasized or just mm-hmm. written out entirely and put in another episode. Right. Um, go ahead. Will. I, I think, uh, the Constantine stuff, I, you have to do it cause they have to keep the story moving forward. It does seem like they kind of tried to shoehorn in a, a B plot and I'm not sure which one was the B plot because they were kind of both a and a one. Yeah. Um, you know, I I could have stood for the encore being a B plot. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I I have felt that the encores are B plots almost this entire season. Uh, I feel like the the real meat of the story here is what Constantine's going to do to save Astrid and to like fix the problem overall. Because, mm-hmm. like you know, we had this issue where it's like they can't kill them, they can't send them back to hell, so they either keep them on the ship in jars or in a prison, or they just like you know hit them with a the special hell gun and make them disappear. So didn't we do that or- with Genghis Khan and the sword? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly. Uh, and and same thing with uh with uh, uh Bugsy. Bugsy, Bigsy. Yeah. But yeah, Bugsy got Bigsy, shot. Bugsy. Yeah, Big Bugsy got shot by his hell gun and disappeared, and so he's gone. He's no longer a problem. Genghis Khan got stabbed by his hell sword, gone, no longer a problem. Uh, Marie Antoinette and uh, Rasputin still on the ship. Um, so it, it, and it really just feels like you know this is a temporary solution for the problem that Constantine's trying to solve. And so yeah, like it's it's really weird to me. I feel like the Constantine stuff even though it's kind of written as a B-plot, is mm-hmm. the main thoroughfare, the main arc of the season. And that's kind of weird. It is. So It is the main arc of the season, which I'm okay with. Again, I mean, I love what they're doing here. Okay, I'm not a fan of Constantine. I didn't think the show was that good. I didn't. I, you know, I was okay with it getting canceled. I'm not a big fan of the character. I get it. It's not for me. However, I love the fact that there are a lot of people that do dig it, and they're kind of giving them the sequel series. You know, it's kind of like the reboot revival for Constantine that those fans needed. Mm-hmm. And so I can get behind that, you know? And so that's yeah. why I don't bitch about Constantine as much anymore. It's because I realize that that's what it is. That This is what they're doing for them, and I'm okay with it. And I think it's going to get back to normal at some point. I don't know that he's going to be around next year. You know, they might actually yeah. push him back to his own show on the HBO Max or something because he should be on. They should be able to. They should put him on HBO Max and do the show right. You know, make it dark, make it let him swear, let him have sex with dudes and girls, and and smoke till his smoke. heart's content. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. Like I think that that's a better place for him. 
you know, or yeah. put them on the DC Universe app, which they're going to take down and put it at HBO anyway. So, yeah. you know, like, don't, huh? Don't, don't, don't say that. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> don't, say that. don't say that. Dude, but, I mean, my gosh, the writing's on the wall. Has there been any show other than Titans that's done well? Well, I, I, I would argue that the shows have done well. They just canceled them prematurely because they're planning on canceling that service. Right. I think Doom they're going to put it all is, under HBO Max. Yeah. Well, because, Doom Patrol's you know, already getting on HBO Max. Yeah. But. Well, like Swamp Thing, you know, Swamp Thing was, was, a, was a critical and, from what I understand, a viewer success, and they canceled it after three episodes. Right. Um, canceled it after the, even before the first episode aired. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I feel like with that one, it's kind of a situation where it's like, we, we might as well just cancel it now and then start getting our production stuff ready for HBO Max. And I Titans. like DP, and I love t- tight, or the Titans. I thought both of those shows are great. I just, you know, <laughs> the episode with Doom Patrol with the street, with all of a sudden they just all start. Oh, the orgasm street. <laughs> That's like the only clip I've seen of that show, and I was like, why am I not watching this show? This is amazing. <laughs> do, do yourself a favor. Watch Doom Patrol. It yeah, is Doom Patrol's fantastic. Okay. I've always loved DP ever since. Like, hey, like Will likes the DP. DP. I love <laughs> DP. Yes, I love, I love it. The Doom Patrol and the never. But anyway, um, and Deadpool. But I loved. I, I I used to read the like they caught my fascination in the eighties. I talked about this on my on my other podcast I do for my patrons. They caught my the Doom Patrol to go on a side. Caught my fascination in the eighties with the Teen Titans because of. I was always fascinated by the fact they killed the entire team. It's like <laughs> that's that, you don't hear Brave. that <laughs> now. You hear it all the time, but yeah, I love the Doom Patrol and Grant Morrison's run on it was great. And yes, watch it as much as possible. And I love beer. Moving, yeah, on. me too. <laughs> I I am out. I have drank two beers in like how long? I'm been on this there. call thirty minutes. I don't know. It's been a, anyway. It's been, it's been about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were, you know, we were talking earlier about changes and during crisis and things like that. And inevitably, uh, I think it was, was it Kyle? You said that, that Charlie's change, uh, into a, into a fate sister was a crisis yeah. change. Okay. Well, that's what Will said. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. 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 But there so, was an article where they said that this is like a fallout from crisis. Okay. She was originally just a shapeshifter. Now she's a fate sister. Gotcha. Hey, and so time. this, this is huge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not um, I, Oh man, what's the no more rhyming? I mean, hey, it. Sister, want soul it? sister, fate sister, shape shifter, <laughs> soul sister, soul. Sister. <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna work. Anyway, um, yeah. So Charlie is a fate sister. Fallout of crisis. Um, she broke the loom. Her sisters are after her. That seems to be kind of like this is this is a this is a this is the B plot. It, 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 yeah, well, it's kind of like a tertiary plot almost because we have if, if Constantine's going to be the A plot, then yes, I would say this is a B plot, and and then the encores are C plots. Then because right, Charlie's because the loom is going to feed the A plot because yes, the loom absolutely. is needed to mm-hmm. to bring this woman back, and then Constantine will also bring Astra back yeah. somehow. And, but that and, speculation will wait on that. Right, right, <laughs> and and uh, before before I get into that, I just want to mention that Mick was in this episode. Yes, for Mick. all four seconds, and four he has seconds. one line, which is, will be his quote of the week. And he downed a beer. And he did. With with, with Princess Charles. Yeah. Uh. So so here so here are the names of the fates. It's Clotho, which is the spinner, which is what Charlie is. L- Lachis, the Alotir. I'm the worst person to do this. You know what? I'll look I'm at looking the name it up now for you. <laughs> and the Atropos, Ad- 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 the inflexible. This is all Greek myth. So now we're getting, so now we're, so we're doing magic, Greek, ec, uh, encores, 
Yeah, I, so I miss, Clotho. I miss season. I miss season one of Legends. <laughs> How? How could you miss season one of Legends? It was like not because good. that's. I I enjoyed season one of Legends. I I don't know. I felt it was. Uh, I felt they really found their stride in season two, and like that's the Legends that I've loved. Like it was hard for us to get everybody together to like do a podcast on the show. I mean, people were just that uninterested in it, and uh, like I did it. I did the most episodes of that show, which is probably the only reason why I'm. <laughs> the host of this show now or one of the hosts um because i found two suckers who wanted to like you know <laughs> take a take a gamble on the second season mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm glad the gamble paid off yes yeah. it did yeah three years later but yeah so uh but, but getting getting back here to to constantine uh you know last episode his uh dial was turned up really high and so he had like you know moments to live basically because his lung cancer was so accelerated and, uh, you know, he has this, this struggle and whatnot uh, with himself and what to do with those last moments. Uh, they try several different things to try to heal him. They try fairy godmother powers, they, which, what was the significance with the chandelier? Like the, 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 the fairy godmother power going up to the yeah. chandelier then hitting him? Was there... They had to put something in the effects budget. I yeah. guess. And, Speaking and of which, somebody Nate... wanted to swing from the chandelier here. From the chandelier here. Is this is this another uh, uh, none of you reference? listen to new music? Do you? Oh uh, my gosh! I, I listen to newer music than the other. Oh, I, I know the song. I just, <laughs> I, I, it's I, Rihanna. I wanna sing from the chandelier. Oh, from the chandelier. I see. I have the R&D hardest time. Users. I don't know if there's something wrong with my ears, but like I have the hardest time listening to lyrics. And like I will listen to the same song for five years, and then one day it will click in my head that that's what the lyrics are actually saying. Like for example, you know the song "And I Miss You," yeah, like the deserts miss the rain. Yes. You know that song. Oh, yeah. I thought it was "I Miss You," like the devil's mysteries, and I thought that for years and years and years because I have a problem listening to to, to lyrical content in songs. I just can't understand it, and. Well, now we have the power of Google that can just we can just look everything. Up I just at. assume that what I hear is correct because how do you how do you doubt your own ears? That's that's like that's like a sign of insanity. I can't have that. Well, you know, hmm. hey, look, it's my Jimi Hendrix. Let me you know stand or yeah, all sorts of. Excuse me while, while I, I kiss, kiss this, this guy. That's that's what happens when you smoke a lot of that purple haze, you know. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so so anyway, I don't even know where I was talking about that. Constantine, um, chandelier, getting, sick, getting better, chandelier stuff. Uh, they they try the little the little guy from season two, or uh, not season two from last season to try to heal him. That doesn't work. Uh, he talks to his cane, which yeah. he threatens to shove up his bum. In which the cane says, "You'd like it, you'd probably and like that." Him. Yeah, and he's like, mm, which I thought that was funny. Um, so, so so we now know Constantine's a bottom. <laughs> I think ah, I think he's ah, I think he's a switch. I would have said he was a top, but yeah, I think he's a switch hitter. I think it depends. I think, you think, I think he, he switched. All right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Uh, I think I think he is very fluid in his sexuality, and, and uh, he will go every which way uh, that that Constantine wants to go. So, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about Constantine being a bottom now. We officially hit the skids on this show. And explicit talk again. Yeah, and we just hit the explicit tag for this. Somehow I come on this show and the explicit tag has to come up. Yeah. Oh, apparently uh, uh, Michael Conte in the chat agrees with you, Kyle, in that uh, he liked the season one uh, best before it came to camping. I I liked going. I liked them going through history to. They've gone through history, though. They they have, and I. 
they they've kept that aspect of it, but they haven't. But they they haven't gone into the future a lot. I just here's the thing. I don't. I didn't like season one. I thought season one was kind of. It was it was formulaic. It was exactly like Flash and Arrow. It was there was no real reason to watch it. Uh, and and I'm sorry, Casper as as Vandal Savage was the worst casting. He 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 kept. Trying I kind of liked him as Vandal Savage. He kept trying to chew the scenery, but it wasn't Savage. Isn't Savage chews the scenery in a different way that I've always imagined. Savage is always just like he's Vandal Savage. It's the only way I could put it. I love that they went campy. I love that they embraced the camp of this. I think the part, the reason I like the show now is that it it's its own thing. It's and it's it's unapologetic about it. Right. It's like mm-hmm. yes, we are going to do stupid, silly things, and you know, Nate's gonna meta talk about not being a part of the crossover because we don't get invited to the crossover because we're not as popular as Flash and Arrow, and but we're gonna make it like we don't want to go, and you know, like yeah, I like so, that. I they like lean they're into unapologetically it. campy. Yeah, they lean into it. They know how to utilize it well, and it really, really, really works for them. In, in my opinion, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, like it, there, there are some shows that are campy for, and it's not their, it's not their intention to be campy. I feel, and for those, it's kind of one of those like you know you laugh at it it's so bad it's good kind of thing. But in this show, they understand that it is campy as hell, and they and they play with it. And, and they make it work, and they make it. They do a really good job with it. And I, I just, yeah, I, I really like the camp. There's, there's sometimes where it's been kind of like, did they jump the shark in that moment? But those moments are few and far between, in my opinion. Yeah, but I agree. um, but yeah. So, so, so anyway, you know, uh, back to Constantine here. You know, he uh, uh, trying to find a way to cure himself. Finally, he accepts it. He sits down to a nice dinner uh, with two of the friends that he has left, which is um, uh, Ray and Gary of all people, and. <laughs> They decide to have one little final toast as they sit down to drink, and Constantine poisons himself. <laughs> he poisons <laughs> himself to go to Purgatory to meet with Astrid. And this is interesting because he sings a song that Astrid's mother sang, and it kind of messes with her in a real big way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Scarborough it's, Fair. Yeah, I think it's time for some speculation. It's time. Uh, okay, so here we go. Speculation time. We have Constantine finally make headway with Astrid, and it was by singing the song that uh, that her mother used to sing her, but sang to Constantine Scarborough first. Fair. Scarborough Fair. Okay, yeah. And um, that has a dramatic and profound impact on her, and so much so that instead of killing him, she gives him time to try and undo all of these things. Right, and that was that was his big thing, right? Is like she's like he says, I can go and I can undo all of this, and I can make these things never happen, and uh, I can make you, you know, get a life that that you'd want. And so this brings me to my speculation for this week, and it's kind of a multi-part thing. Uh, the the first part is, is this: so Constantine. So so here, I guess here here are the elements that we have in play. We have Constantine, we have the Loom of Fate, we have undoing things that were done. And then we have the overall impact of that. So, so my question for you guys today on speculation is this. Are we going to see the Loom of Fate 
being used to go back in time and like fix things so that they never happened? And are we going to have like a Constantine kind of erasure moment, kind of like we did with Zari? Um, or, 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 cause, cause my theory, the, the way I see it is, is, is we're going to go back in time. We're going to get the loom. We're going to collect the pieces of it. We're going to change the fate of, uh, Astrid's mother with the loom. Therefore, Astrid will never be taken to hell. Um, Astrid's mother will never die. Astrid will have a, a, a fine and normal life. Constantine will never be the person that he is. Basically the entirety of history will change. The entire season of Constantine will be over. Everything will be messed to hell. Um, Constantine will go away. Is this an exit point for Constantine in the series once he does that? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing stuff out here. Guys, what do, what do you think? Well, for me, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're going to also use this to fix Zari. Um, okay. I think if you take Constantine, so you take Constantine out of the equation, you take Astrid out of the equation. Now, last season with Neron doesn't necessarily need to happen because he Constantine was driving most of it. Yeah. So all of a sudden now you don't have Hayworld in the situation there. Barad still ends up dead. Zari comes back, and it's almost like this year didn't happen. But oh, we're in a post-crisis world, so that's the change. I don't know. It's yeah. like I think they're getting too big on that. But on the other side of it, I don't think they let Constantine have a happy ending. Like I, that that okay. seems like a happy ending, and it it doesn't scream Constantine to me. Well, Kyle, what do you think, man? I don't think I think um, Natalie. That's his, that's her mother's name, right? right? Natalie. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he will save her, and but I don't think it will redeem Astra. I think she will still. I think it will still have the the events play out where Constantine does the stupid thing and. Um, has her has her soul go to hell, so it won't change him at all. He's going to stay that person the whole time. I I don't think they're going to have that that drastic of a change for 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 a major DC character. It's it's just he's he's too big. I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, yeah, it's just. And then, how will one of the sisters have to deal with all this? Yeah, I don't. Well, the sisters I have to know. do with the loom. The loom is basically going to be now I, the uh, the uh, MacGuffin we had from season three that could change the spear of destiny. It, it yeah, season it, two. that's just it. We're kind of rehashing old plots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Spear of Destiny was supposed to do the same thing that the Loom of Fate's going to do. It's like, well, then why don't we just go back and get the freaking Spear of Destiny? Like, why are we screwing with this? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's really interesting consequences and stuff that they're putting out here because, like, I feel like anything they do to redeem Astrid or, or, or to fix Astrid's mother from dying has serious implications for the rest of the series of, like, everything, you know? And it's just, it's, it's, it's a really bizarre kind of scenario to be in where, um, how do you do that without breaking everything else? Yes, it's post-crisis, but still. I mean, it's 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 a really kind of slippery slope they're on here. And I don't know if Constantine's going to be in next season. I hadn't seen any news about, like, contracts or anything like that. I thought I saw that he's going to be coming back for season six. Okay. Okay, well, that's interesting. Then that throws that theory out the window that I had right. about him uh, getting a happy ending and, and leaving the show. Because I feel like that would be an opportunity for them to do it. 
he disappears like Zari did, and then. And I think he should. Yeah, I I do. And yeah, he's got. They've got big plans for him in season six. Damn it. Yep, there it is. I so should. Me too it. I I I'm sorry. I think he should be taken out. You know, it's. You just don't. You just don't like him. It's not that. It's. I don't think he fits. I really I, don't he, think he fits. This, I mean, this still has to deal with magic and hell, and that's the that's the thing that Constantine deals with. Yeah, they do have magic and they do have hell, and I, I guess that's what's that's what's interesting about it is like how do we how do we go from that into, um, how do you I guess how do you transition away from that now now that we have what we have. I mean, how do you go back into just like uh, anachronisms or you know the other stuff like that? It just doesn't seem like that's mm-hmm. an avenue they can go down. Magic, to, to quote the hilarious picture on the internet, where it's it's a little it's a little DM guy from the the Dungeons and Dragons animated television series. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where he's got like he's got like magic coming from his hands, you know, right. going from hand to hand. It says it's magic. I ain't got to explain shit. <laughs> 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 That's that's kind of how I it's feel with magic. It's the ultimate MacGuffin, which we talked about last year. Magic yes, is the I, ultimate MacGuffin. Ultimate MacGuffin. So it, it just gives them so many opportunities just to kind of be like, who cares? We don't have to explain it. It's magic. And mm-hmm. I, I think with a, with a show as campy as Legends, that can work to their benefit. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and there, there's Michael Conte agrees with Kyle. And, you know, I, I agree with you as well, Michael. Like, it just... It seems like they have an avenue by which to get him off the show, which will I think you think they should do, correct? I do. I think they should put him on HBO Max. I think his show would go ape. You make a real adult version of Constantine's show. You put it on HBO Max. You have it be Matt Ryan. You have it go dark. You have their swearing and the dark arts, and you can have all the you know, gay sex like or homosexual sex and... or girl boobs and PDs and the whole nine yards. Go to town. Yeah. Put him there. That's where he belongs. Like, I think the writers like him because, again, magic's the ultimate MacGuffin. What are we doing? Well, we have magic. Oh, well, then we can just say Balakazam and whew, it works. You know, yeah. like, it's it's a it's a cheat. See, you know, yeah. I, I agree with you, Will. Like, I, I, think, I think Constantine, like, the NBC show didn't take off. I, I really Because it was it. broadcast television. It was broadcast yeah. television. They couldn't show him smoking, and when they and when they got the news they were canceled, they were just like, "Screw, it. we're gonna have him smoking by the end of the show." And when they took those liberties, when they didn't have to worry about getting renewed by NBC, the show got demonstrably better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I, I agree with you that if we were able to put it on like HBO Max or whatever, and give it give it a budget, give it Matt Ryan, and give it all of these things that it didn't have on on broadcast TV, then I think the show would just explode. I think it would be great, but. I don't know what Legends does without him. That's the thing is I don't know where Legends goes. Like without I think Magic, will survive. I think Legends can very easily survive without Matt Ryan. I think I don't know because I mean, next week we are losing Ray and Nora. Oh, is that next thank week? God. That's bye bye Ray. Take care. <laughs> Go away now. Thank you for playing. You're not uh, Ray Palmer. You're 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 a best. Yeah. No. Bye bye. Bye bye. It is. It is next week. Tomorrow, next week is their last episode. Well, next next week, meaning this, not this. Or the, the Super yeah. Tuesday is taking over most of broadcast TV. So, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, so we, it's, we it's will March, not be back next week. Hey, I get so it. get out March and 10th. vote. Yes, um, March tenth is when they come back. I'm voting for Trump in my primary. Said no one ever. Um, I don't think Sorry. he's. Has anybody ever run against him in any primaries? I think like no, one no, dude there's did. No, there's a primary, Iowa. but it's no primary. 
Yeah, it's kind of like you know the Adolf Hitler vote where he was the only. Oh dear! Wow! Wow! <laughs> that got dark. Rex tag fire. We're talking about history. Yeah, and we're bringing it around. And yeah. you, you basically. Well, no, this is good. This could be controversial. Like we could end up like because we we said Trump is Hitler. Podcasters so. say bad shit yes. about the president. <laughs> <laughs> this would be great because my with you know, Genghis Khan. Yeah, <laughs> Trump is Genghis Khan. That's what I said. You can isolate that. <laughs> Oh, man. All for the oh. clicks, man. All for the clicks. We're all going to die of coronavirus. <laughs> He's, like, fired all the CDC, and they can't say anything negative. Or they get, like, but promoted. It, it, yeah, <laughs> so, so we won't have a show next week. but I, I Because think we'll be killed by the sur- coronavirus. Right. I think yeah. the show could survive without John Constantine. I do. I think, and without Ray. I think what they, like I said, I think the way to revitalize the show is now that they're all on one earth. You grab Thunder or Lightning from Black Lightning. You grab one of the people from Supergirl. Maybe, you know, you grab Elongated Man and Sue. Okay, you've got a show. You know, you don't need... That's too many people. That's too many people. In the well, just, just Ralph and Sue then. Yeah, just Although Ralph and I, Sue. I would see more of a Ralph and Sue spinoff than I would uh, a them joining Legends. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I'd love to see... Ralph and Sue have always worked best in a team environment. They always, have, as far as characters in DC, they've tried Elongated Man in various different things, and he's always worked best. It's kind of like Joey Tribbiani from Friends, okay? He works in the ensemble, but the minute he's the lead, you don't want to watch it because <laughs> why would you want to watch this show about, you know? I think Elongated Man's the exact same way. I don't think he could, he is definitely a supporting character, he is not the front guy. And, so that's why I think he'd do well on Legends. I, you know, he does fine on Flash, but you know, you could put Money's him on Legends up. and he would be a star on Legends. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 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 an interesting future. We'll see what's going on. Um, I, I think I think you're right, Will. I think HBO would be a or HBO Max would be a great place for a Constantine show. At the same time, like I'm not. I, I really I, I do like him on Legends. Like I, think I know, and I, I I understand I'm in the minority here, but you know that's why I'm here. To yeah, get minority opinion. <laughs> the Republican yeah. response. So so <laughs> get that homosexual off my TV. <laughs> well, so so any other musings or uh, speculations or anything else uh, about this week? I do think that they're going to put the Luma Fate together. I think the Luma Fate will be the MacGuffin of the season. They'll be yeah. in a fight with the sisters, and then. It'll be like nothing happened, and there'll be absolutely no fallout next year from any of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's the case, and I, I think that's going to make me sad. Depends on depends on whether or not they like, how they acknowledge it. Like if they acknowledge it with all the characters going, yeah, so what? It's magic, you know. Oh, oh it's magic. <laughs> we shall yeah. see. Uh, Kyle, any, anything from you, man? No, not that I can think of. I mean, uh, speculation wise, I mean, I'm just glad that Constantine didn't die this episode. Yes. He wasn't going to die. I know he wasn't, but still. (laughs) Again, again, like with the slasher, there was a lot of blood in this episode. A lot of gunshot wounds. Like, that's, yeah. yeah. They had squib work. It was great. Yeah. And and, and one thing that I I have to say that my my one main, huge, major disappointment for this episode is that when Bayrod stopped all those bullets and they're sitting there in front of him all Matrix style, he didn't grab one, look at it, and go, whoa. And then, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's just I, it. I mean, even the shooting of this episode, like, they did bullet time churns, and they did, like, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. this is kind of great. Yeah, like, just, just, 
big round of applause to Katie Lotz for this episode. Uh, she did a fantastic job. The John Woo homage was was perfect, in my opinion. It was just it was wonderful. Um, and I, hey, I, I'm I'm excited to see her direct more. Mm-hmm. Yes, which cool. she probably will in season six because you know they do that. Yeah, yeah, because they've she's definitely not directing anymore this season because they've already wrapped season five. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then season six, hopefully, mm-hmm. hats off to you, milady. Uh, <laughs> my hat's turned around. Yeah, and I realized before I took it off that my headphones not, were not on, and that hat. would just be, you know, really terrible. Okay, and so we're not taking our hats off, right? Yeah, no, we're we're no, just we're we're tipping. Off. We're we're you a know, tip we're of the hat, but I can't tip of the hat. hat's backwards. Yeah, because so, yeah. I'm still from the nineties. So. <laughs> I should just All be right. silent, Bob. One day, just be like, yeah. Which, uh, Will to you? What do you think about this episode? <laughs> All right, thanks, Will. <laughs> Silent Will, everybody. <laughs> he's a gr- he's a great host. He's got he's got many uh, many things to say. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just love hearing hearing Silent Will's opinion on mm-hmm. just about any topic, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Sage like advice, right when you need it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now it is time for my favorite portion of the show, and that is mix quote of the week. The week. Yeah. All right. There's not a lot of Mick quotes of the week to choose from. Uh, there's fact, one line. He only had one line. <laughs> there's literally one line. Mick had that, one line this episode. So it's it is otherwise known as the line that paid him for the episode. Exactly. Yeah, and, so I was I was going through this episode and I'm like, are we not going to see Mick at all this whole episode? And there he is. Well, they, they did the thing at the beginning where they were like, you know, uh, Mick's dealing with Allie. Yeah, Mick's dealing with Allie. And, and they, they mentioned another character who was off doing something else, too. I don't remember what it was. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, was, I was just pretty much thinking that he wasn't going to show up. But here we go. We had Mick show up and deliver his one line, which is this week's <laughs> Mick's Quote of the Week. Take it away, Kyle. <laughs> and, I, and I told her I'm on my beer break. Now shut up, princess, and listen. there you have it ladies and gentlemen (laughs) not not a lot of options for mixed quote of the week this week um the only one but you know what it was it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it wasn't bad you know what he he wouldn't have worked this week yeah yeah although seeing mick jump sideways with you know shooting the flame gun could have been Okay. Like a John Woo style, like slow-mo flame gun yes. shot? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. They, they, I feel they missed a part of that. We have got, oh, God, we got a lot of emails. First of all. Are they all spam? All right. So our US, uh, our Stitcher RSS feed has been updated. That's good. Okay, good. Um, good, good, good. Google good, has good. Uh, detected a new login literally just now because I just <laughs> logged in. Uh, they've also updated their terms of service, as has YouTube. So thank you very much for Google and YouTube for emailing the show. All right. We actually have an iTunes review in this week. And uh, so, Will, why don't you read that to us? Okay. It's from Diamond Dave 40. God, I wish it was really Diamond Dave. But he says, this podcast is the best. This show needs an even better than five-star rating because the subject was six stars. You make my enjoyment of the wackiest show in the DC universe even that much more better. Have been a fan ever since you broke out Quantum Leap TV Talk. <laughs> Thanks for the Python TV Talk this last episode. Keep up the great work. So that's been a while. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, we, that was like a long time ago. <laughs> We're terribly sorry that uh, it took us so long to read your review on the show. No, We're no, this listening. was put in Friday, so he's just got to be going back through the old shows. Oh, okay. Well, great. Well, yeah, excellent. So, awesome. Hey, Dave, thanks for reviewing us, man. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. We, we really do appreciate it. We love those uh, four and five star reviews or six star. Six star. Uh, if... He was giving us six stars. So. <laughs> And we're we're glad we're glad to make your your enjoyment of the show a little bit more. That's always fun. <laughs> but unfortunately, it looks like we're out of time. Uh, but if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel a time stream, here's how: you can follow the show on Twitter at Legends Talk TV. That's Legends Talk TV. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ring That Bell, spelled B E A L L. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KyleCrosby89. You can also listen to me on the Atomic Geekdom podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at WR Benson. But again, I don't tweet very often. I tend to just be using it to follow Betty White's bikini pictures. Um, <laughs> but you can also listen to me every week on the Planes Talkers Magic the Gathering podcast. Just look at Planes Talkers in any of your Google Play stores or Apple stores or whatever stores. And if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at legendstvtalk at gmail.com. And be sure, now that we have Will back and we have the technology to do so, be sure to watch us live every week on our Facebook page. at Sundays uh, around uh, uh, right Four at uh, 4 p.m. Yeah. Central, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah, but check us out there at facebook.com slash legendstvtalk. And if you like this show, check out some of the other shows from the tvtalk.fm network with such shows as Flash, Supergirl, Batwoman, Star Wars, Tolkien, and more. And hey, while you're at it, check us out on iTunes and give us a review, and we will read them on the show, just as we just did. And don't forget, you can download all of the TV Talk podcasts on both Google Play and Stitcher and the Apple iTunes app. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach for creating the music for our bumps. You can check out the rest of his other awesome stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And also, shout out to our sound engineer slash editor slash producer, Andy Barksdale. He's the guy who makes this sound so pretty and who makes Kyle not sound like he's yelling into a 10-gallon bucket. You can find out more at andyrobotaudio.com. As always, you stay classy, you idiots. Tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here?